Chapter Sixteen of Zauberlinda the Wise Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Zauberlinda the Wise Witch by Eva Catherine Gibson. Chapter Sixteen The Lost Child is Carried Home. Annie leaned her head back against her father's strong shoulder and looked wonderingly around her. It was dusk. Silvertip was purring, rubbing his head against her father's legs, and trying to get up to Annie's face to welcome her. Where are the nice big gulls? said Annie. They must be flying overhead, said her father. Thank God you are here, instead of at the bottom of the creek. And then he hugged the child and kissed her a great many times. She saw that her father carried a lantern, and very soon Pete Pumpernickel came up, and Annie was surprised to see that Professor Pratt was with him, and they, too, carried lanterns. They said, Thank heaven, and seemed to be very glad to have found her. Annie was still thinking of Zorberlinda, and could not understand why everybody was so glad. They carried her home. Her grandmother met them at the door, and clasped Annie close in her arms. Grandmother's eyes looked red as though she had been crying and then a pretty lady whose dress had a sweet smell like violets Took Annie in her arms and she too kissed her and cried They told her that this lady was Aunt Molly who had arrived there from Chicago that day Annie liked her she had such a pretty face something like Zorberlinda's Annie thought and then a timid little girl with long yellow curls and a pale sweet face was led up and introduced to Annie as Lizzie May. She had brought Annie a beautifully dressed doll from Chicago, which could open and shut its eyes, and when you squeezed its stomach in the right place, it would say, Mama, in a squeaky voice. Annie, who had always thought to herself that she certainly should hate Lizzie May if ever she met her, was now happily surprised to find herself liking her. Everyone was very kind to Annie. The child could not understand what the fuss was all about until Marthy Stubbs told her that she had been lost all day. They had missed her until the livery had brought her papa and Professor Pratt and her Aunt Molly over from Cave City. Then they all asked for Annie. It was found she had not been seen since morning. When six o'clock came and the little girl had not come home, they all began to grow alarmed and anxious. They started out to search for her and Pete had discovered her old doll stranded on a mud bank nearly a mile down the creek. This had frightened them terribly, for they thought Annie must have fallen into the creek and drowned. Marthy's voice trembled as she told this to Annie, and then she too caught Annie up and kissed and hugged her. The child had never been made so much of before in all her life. They had a nice supper that evening, and although it was late, Grandmother made one of her famous strawberry shortcakes with some berries Pete had brought from Cave City Everybody seemed to love Annie very much and when at supper she and Lizzie May sat one on each side of her father There was not a happier prouder little girl in all South Dakota than Annie Elfrida McLean After supper Pete was requested to bring down his zither and play as they were all in such an excited state of mind and grandmother said that music always soothed her nerves Pete played some old German airs and then his favorite tune entitled sweet dreamland faces Annie told them as well as she could her experience with the gnomes and Zauberlinda 
They listened, smiling mysteriously and winking too sometimes at each other, as though they thought she really did not know what she was talking about. When she had related the tale of her adventures in Pix Sylvania, perhaps not exactly as it is written here, although the writer has endeavored to tell it much in the same way that Annie told it to her friends, everybody had something to say. Annie's father took her on his knee, stroking back her hair from her forehead with his rough, kind hand in the old way, as he said, Well, little daughter, your old pap has struck pay dirt at last, and struck it rich, too. Now we'll all go to Chicago, Annie, and you shall be sent to school. Now I'll get a piano for you. But you ought to have brought me that magic crystal. I could have made such good use of it. I guess Pete and I had better fish for it in the creek. It was a big lake Zorberlinda threw the ring into, said Annie, quite seriously. The old water nix will never let you have it. He wants to use it to find gold and silver to gild the scales of his gold and silver fish with. Then Professor Pratt took Annie and, holding her between his knees, felt of the bumps of her head. Said the professor, Great ideality here, sir. Vivid imagination. In educating this child, I would advise a study of the exact sciences, let us say mathematics. Nothing like them to develop the reasoning faculties. The best part of her homecoming to the little girl was that evening over in the corner of the kitchen when Marthy was washing her supper dishes and Pete Pumpernickel was smoking a long stem pipe with a china bowl and a picture of the old Gosler Kaiser house on it. Come to me, my Annie, whispered Pete. I have a little gift for your birthday. I sent clear over to Germany for it, to my uncle, who keeps a bookstore near Leipzig. It's a book which is called Fairy Tales. It is printed in German, but Pete will put it in English for you. Annie took the book, which was full of beautiful pictures, and thanked Pete earnestly. It seemed that, after all, Pete had not forgotten that she was just seven years old upon that midsummer day. There, now, you want to fill that child's head with some more crazy German stuff about the gnomes and goblins and all such, said Marthy. Here she's been out on the prairie all this afternoon dreaming of them, and pretty near got a sunstroke from it. Oh, no, Marthy, I have been in such a beautiful place with the good witch Zorberlinda, said Annie. You've been asleep on the hot prairie down by the creek, said Marthy, and so, poor lamb, you don't know what you are talking about at all. Annie looked over to Pete appealingly, and as usual he understood her better than anybody else. She was so glad that she had refused to wed the gnome prince, and had remained faithful to Pete. The simple, kind fellow put his arm around the child tenderly, drawing her closely to his side. Slowly and calmly he took the long pipe from his lips, then looked dreamily into the child's trustful eyes, which were as clear and blue as the beautiful Dakota sky. He said, my Annie has been away with the fairy people. And thus our little western girl, whose life had been one of such monotony as only a child on a western prairie farm knows, came to learn in her dream of the wonders of fairyland and the underworld. While much is fancy, still there is more in the realm of nature than is dreamed of in our philosophy. Golden notes of welcome rolled, never forth such notes nor told hours so blithe in tone so bold as the radiant mouth of gold here that rings forth heaven 
if the golden-crested wren were a nightingale why then something seen and heard of men might be half as sweet as when laughs a child of seven end of chapter sixteen and end of zorbalinda the wise witch by eva catherine gibson